The Miami Dolphins defense turned in arguably its best performance of the season in week nine against the Chiefs. And with the unit finally healthy, the question begs to be asked, just how sustainable is this recent growth spurt from the Dolphins defense? You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because we don't just say it, we live it. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. And today's episode of Lockdown Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets by winning any $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. We had a chance to dive into the film, the Dolphins defense against the Kansas City Chiefs in week 14, 267 yards of total offense for Kansas City net. That includes sack yardage and so on and so forth. Uh, the Dolphins uh, with 14 points conceded defensively to Kansas City. Of, of course, that offense um, finding their own way this season, so, some personnel changes of their own. They struggled the previous week against Denver. But if you boil really what Miami did, they had two sustained drives in the first half, uh, one of which was the opening script. Anytime a, a, a coach like Andy Reid comes out with an opening script, uh, you can be sure there are some firm wrinkles. Uh, in that offensive game plan, and sure enough, that's what the Dolphins got. They adjusted very quickly. They forced punts uh, in minus territory in each of the next three possessions. The Dolphins' offense couldn't get anything going. You have a couple back-breaking third-down conversions on a long drive to make it 14 nothing, and then you have the fumble right before the half in which the Chiefs' defense scores a touchdown, and the Dolphins lose the game 21-14. Their second-half comeback falls just short. But this Dolphins' defense, the storyline coming in, was you had Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland and Sean Elliott, the starting secondary, Cater Kohu back in the nickel where he belongs. And the units performed very well, uh, so much so that I think there should be a great deal of enthusiasm for what the Dolphins are bringing to the table. Look, this is the third consecutive games. The Dolphins' defense has forced a turnover. Uh, they have four turnovers in the last three games. That's after going three games without a single turnover. The previous three games against the Bills, the Giants, and the Panthers. Uh, they held their third consecutive opponent under 100 team rushing yards, 99, 77, and 93. Uh, Kansas City with 267. That is the second lowest total the Dolphins defense has yielded all season with just 16 first downs. That's the lowest yardage that Kansas City has had offensively in a game in about 20-something games. Uh, you got to go all the way back to 2021 to the last time the Chiefs did not have uh, more than 267 yards of total offense. So the Dolphins did all that. Now, they couldn't win the football game. But you look at where they're going from here, and the question begs to be asked, is it sustainable? And my answer is a resounding yes. I, I will say this, having watched the tape and the effort and how the light bulb is coming on for guys like David Long and Andrew Van Ginkle, who obviously has played at a high level as a pass rusher all season long, but him in an every down facet, uh, the play that the Dolphins are getting on the edge with Jalen Phillips backing completely healthy and Bradley Chubb, uh, the way the defensive tackles, are kind of understanding how the front mechanics work. And now you got the secondary looking the way that it does with everybody healthy. 
the defense you fielded against Kansas City is a championship caliber defense. I'm not saying it's going to carry you to a championship, but I'm saying is that that is a Lombardi Trophy worthy defense with the group that is on the field. Now, some of that is aided by the fact that the Dolphins only had 13 players who took more than six snaps defensively. So if you incur injuries to this group right now, based off the rotation, the last couple of weeks, logic would seem to indicate that the Dolphins don't feel great about what they have behind that group. And you go back to uh, week eight against the Patriots, there were 13 players who played more than six snaps defensively. There's a pretty clear and obvious group of players who are playing, and it does not include Emmanuel Agba. It does not include Channing Tindall. Uh, it does not include, well, it includes Eli Apple based off of the, the performance that he had uh, against New England where he played all 47 snaps. But week nine, uh, Eli Apple did not take defensive snaps. Their group is their group. We're going to live in nickel. Our personnel is going to be the same, so we're not going to give you anything. And there's good, then there's bad to that. But when the front starts flying around the way that they did, when the secondary is capable of matching up the way that they did, that is where I think this becomes a very exciting group. So the, the defensive snap counts for the entirety of the defense. Uh, there were five players who played every single snap, all 60 snaps defensively. They were Javon Holland, Deshaun Elliott, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and Jerome Baker. Uh, if you're keeping score at home, that is uh, the starting secondary, the two starting safeties, the two starting corners. Uh, and your Mike linebacker. Christian Wilkins played 57, so he played 57 out of 60 snaps. Zach Sealer played 56, he played 56 out of 60 snaps. Jalen Phillips played 51 out of 60 snaps. Bradley Chubb played 49 out of 60 snaps. David Long played 46 out of 60 snaps. Cater Kohu played 39 out of 60 snaps. Andrew Van Kinkle played 27 out of 60 snaps. And Raquan Davis played 25 out of 60 snaps. That is the 13 players that are in the rotation. Nick Nina played six. He's working his way back. Deshaun Hand played four. The previous week, you had Justin Bethel and Duke Riley with like brief cameos. So if you're asking yourself how sustainable is the Dolphins' defensive performance the last two weeks in which they performed at a very high level and not yield a lot of points and not yield a lot of yards, if this group's together, I think it kind of tells you the story. That is the concern, is if you were to incur an injury again in the secondary. Who's the third safety? Who's the next man up on the outside corner? Because it's it, everybody's wanted it to be Cam Smith. It's been Eli Apple all season. Does Cater Kohu have to go back to playing outside? And what does that do for his performance? But if this group can hold it together, this group of 13 players, that effectively is your base starting defense and Cater Kohu is your nickel backer and Andrew Van Giggle is your third pass rusher. If that group stays, this Dolphins defense is going to perform at a very high level down the stretch. And sometimes that's all that's needed. And, and I mentioned a championship caliber defense. And what I would like to do is allude to uh, the playoff run that the Cincinnati Bengals went on the other, the other year when they went to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Rams. And I think it's worth acknowledging because all of the attention is on the Bengals with Zach Taylor 
and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd. The offense had 308 yards against the Raiders in the wild card round. The defense had two turnovers. The offense scored 19 points against the Titans in the divisional round. Defense had three turnovers. He scored 27 points against the Chiefs in overtime, but had 350 yards of offense. And the defense got two turnovers to help you win the football game. That wild card round and that divisional round, those Bengals teams rushed for 83 and 65 yards. They didn't run the ball particularly well either. But the defensive component very much has a strong hand in postseason play. And if this group, if this group can play the next eight games together and get into the postseason, they got what they need. It's a question whether or not they do. And I think that's why everybody's frustrated because you think about the Philadelphia game and the Kansas City game. And obviously they played the Philadelphia game without both starting corners, but you, you reflect on those kinds of games and you say they're, they're, they have what they need. They're capable of doing it. They haven't done it yet. It's a good thing this season's a marathon. We're going to talk about some of the other defensive adjustments, particularly to how they applied the Kansas City Chiefs. That is coming up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is not you against the how or you against thousands of other players. It is you against the house. You pick the numbers over more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in without having to deal with sharps and pros. No, it's you versus the house. And if you can correctly pick those six player stat projections in a single selection, for prize picks, you can win up to 25 times your money this football season. Entries can be made on your phone with just a few taps. They have selections for just about every stat or just about every sport that you can possibly imagine. It is super fun to stay in the game and always have something to root for on prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to one. $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. So, what did the Dolphins do against the Chiefs? Um, they delivered in just about every way that we talked about in the pregame on Friday, which I think is the bummer because the defense played winning football. No, you'd like to not give up the opening script, but you made the adjustments. You forced three pence and had 31 yards of offense conceded over 13 plays over the next three possessions in which the Chiefs were constantly pinned down inside their 20-yard line. The, the fourth possession starts inside the five. You get a third down conversion on a diving completion of Rasheed Rice, and then they're off. You get a penalty. Uh, Pat Mahomes throws an absolutely beautiful dot dime over Jalen Ramsey in cover two where he's clouded up trying to account for, for Travis Kelsey and it puts them down in the red zone, and then you have a coverage bust where your linebackers are trying to pass off two shallow crossers. You get a free runner by Jarek McKinnon, and it's a touchdown. So that, that it's the game of inches, right, is really what it comes down to. If the third down conversion doesn't happen, uh, you had them backed up in third and long. They converted a first down. You had them in the red zone. If you don't bust on the coverage with passing off the leverage of the two crossers, any one of those plays you're in position to win the football game. And of course you didn't, but 
you had everything that you needed. You simply just did not execute. And I know we're getting tired of them not executing, but I would rather have what you need and say, okay, let's keep progressing than not need what you or not have what you need. So defensively, uh, they delivered on the boundary in all assets, in all facets. The perimeter play at corner and the perimeter play on the edge were big-time feathers in Miami's cap. And I think the versatility of the edge defenders uh, was really, really helpful. And you didn't see a ton of this early on for the Dolphins' defense, but you're getting a lot more second-level simulated pressure situations with David Long, which is a great fit because you go back to when David Long was in college at West Virginia. They played in a 3-3-5 stack, and a lot of his firings off of the ball uh, were coming down a line of scrimmage from depth and being really aggressive. He played outstanding football against the run again. David Long did. You're getting the edge guys that are, are dropping out. So you're getting a math problem on the interior, and you're, you're in the same way that Steve Spagnolo changed the numbers of who was rushing from where without overly compromising the structure of his defense against the Dolphins. Vic Fangio and the Dolphins' defense did the same thing, but they did it by dropping the edge guys out and firing a linebacker through uh, an interior gap. And he whooped on Pacheco. David Long did on one of these those pressure situations and, and made Pat uncomfortable. Uh, I thought Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins held their own extremely well against a very strong interior trio for Kansas City. But it was the guys on the edge that I thought won. I thought Bradley Chubb won reps, had a sack, had a pass batted down the line scrimmage had a number of really impressive uh, power rushes that kind of compressed the pocket. Jalen Phillips was uh, the, the T 100, right? was, was that the Terminator series or, or um, whatever the latest model was. I, I think I stopped after Terminator two, but watching him run around out there, play through contact, tireless motor. He's on the backside minus 10 yards on Pat Mahomes and he flushes out the pocket and Jalen gets on his horse and he runs him all the way down the edge amount of bounds for a minimal game. Those guys were their they're cornerstones for this defense. So you had cornerstones on the edge and then you had cornerstones in the secondary where you're seeing Xavier Howard probably played the best football game he's played since 2021 for the Miami Dolphins. He was active. He was engaged in run support. But more importantly, he got some targets in the passing game one-on-one and the Dolphins left him one-on-one. They trusted him on the backside and let the safety try to attack the front, the, the passing strength, and flood numbers to the passing strength and take away the middle of the field. You saw more instances in my eyes of that weak side safety getting off his spot and pushing to the middle of the field and leaving Xavier Howard in one-on-one coverage and trusting him because of the matchups that they had out there. And Howard was outstanding. Defended a deep shot down the field. Defended a deep comeback with a pass defense. uh, Very active and very engaged in coverage. And being able to do that and trusting your corners to do it, again, changes the math of the middle of the field. And that's how Travis Kelsey finishes this game with three receptions for 14 yards. They didn't play matchups all that much. They didn't move Jalen Ramsey around. They said, here's the structure. We trust our corners on the outside. We're going to change the math on the interior. We're going to give extra attention and try to to throw extra bodies in coverage to leverage Travis Kelsey. It worked. Chiefs kind of out of rhythm all day long after after the opening drive. 
Even that long touchdown drive was extended by some penalties. And Pat had one beautiful throw, and then you had a coverage bust. Sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets you. But I thought defensively from the Dolphins, it was a realization of everything that they're capable of being, and you did it against uh, the best team in the AFC. Respectfully speaking to anybody else out there, and we'll see what Cincinnati has to say about it, and we'll see what Baltimore has to say about it by the end of the season. But I understand they have some weak points, particularly with the skill group and some question marks. That's the best team in the AFC. They got the best defense with the best quarterback combo pairing. You took them on a 12-round fight. You took it to the chin early. But especially the defense, they bounced back in a big way. I think there's a lot of optimism. But when you're talking about the growth being sustainable, one of the other things we have to talk about is, is what awaits them. And that's what we're going to talk about next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. Score early this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets by winning a $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get started and get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include the money line, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. The strength of schedule. <laughs> All we hear about is, oh, the, the Dolphins played an easy strength of schedule. They're not really playing anybody. The second half strength of schedule is going to get extremely difficult. Yada, 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 yada. And yeah, the Raiders are four and five, and the Jets are four and four, and the Commanders are four and five, and the Titans are three and five, and the Jets are four and four. That's your next five football games. So as things currently stand, you ain't catching a winning football game before Christmas anyway. But it extends beyond just the strength of schedule, which is super low-hanging fruit and offers you very little context about the actual circumstances of the football team. The Raiders fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels, fired their offensive coordinator, are starting a rookie quarterback in Nate O'Connell in what will be his third career game, or fourth career start, uh, third in this stretch. Raiders coming off of a 30-6 win over the New York Giants with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. And the Raiders are averaging 17.3 points per game this season through nine games. That is 27th out of 32 teams in the NFL in scoring offense. You play them next after the bye. Then you get the Jets twice in five games. And if you think 17 and change is low, the New York Jets are averaging 16 and a half points per game through eight games. That is 30th in the NFL. Case in point. Touchdowns scored this season for the New York Jets. You know how many touchdowns the Jets have scored? They've scored 10. Two of them have come from the defense and the special teams. A Bryce Hall 39-yard fumble return in the win over the Denver Broncos in Week 8. And the game-winning punt return against the uh, Buffalo Bills in overtime, in the season opener. They have three explosive play touchdowns, 
a 50-yard touchdown pass from Zach Wilson to Brees Hall against the Giants, a 72-yard Brees Hall touchdown run against the Broncos, and a 68-yard touchdown pass from Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson or Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson against the Dallas Cowboys. This unit very much struggles to score, and you play him twice. So you got 16 and a half twice, and you got 17. Who else is on this list? The Washington Commanders. This is the high water mark. 21.2 points per game. That's 18th in the NFL. They've put up some impressive numbers. They also scored seven against the Giants, and they scored three against the Bills. They're 21.2 points per game, 18th in the NFL. And then the Tennessee Titans are the next team on this schedule. 18 and a half points per game. That is 24th in the NFL in points per game. So you got three, four games of your next five are against teams in the bottom quartile, shout out Jim Irsay, of scoring offenses in the NFL. Including two teams against a team that through eight games has scored eight offensive touchdowns. So if you ask me what this defensive metrics are going to look like come Christmas Eve against Dallas when you're playing the Cowboys at home, the expectation is that this unit is going to be much better represented both in yards. They're currently 12th in the NFL in yards per game allowed defensively and in scoring. Now that doesn't answer the question of, are they legitimate and are they uh, going to stop elite level offenses? I would say this though, if you're familiar with expected points added, it's EPA. It's a measure that is designed to identify positive and negative contributions across the board uh, for your, your units. Miami against their four high-end quarterbacks that they played this season. The defensive EPA against the Chargers was minus 18 points. 18.8, so almost minus 19 points. That's very bad. And for as bad as very bad was in week one, when they played the Bills and Josh Allen in week four, the defensive EPA was minus 27 and a half. That is horrendous. When they played the Eagles without both starting corners, they were minus 11 in EPA for that game. When they played the Chiefs, they were positive 1.1 EPA, which means the defensive performance was a net positive for the performance of the game. Added more points to your total than zero. You have another five games to gel before you play Dallas and Baltimore and Buffalo. And if this group, this key 13, can stay available and play these games against these low-scoring offenses based on their current NFL resumes, I think when you do play Dallas at home, when you do play Buffalo and you play Baltimore and you potentially play a playoff game, hopefully at home, that defense will be at a place where they will have gotten the refs together to play at the level that is needed to play championship caliber defense at the right time of year. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, exploration into the Dolphins defense, kind of the growth. Obviously, from a personnel standpoint, there have been some big-time dynamics that have changed. And as we just laid out, we are obviously having a lot to look forward to as it pertains to what the future holds. That is going to do it for me on this episode. I'm Kyle Krabs. You can find me on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Locked on Dolphins. We're out of here. Fins up.